I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How you doing? Good morning. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. It's Elmarie Maw at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Tallon's also here in studio. Yeah, and happy Mother's Day to everybody. <laughs> well, mothers, presumably. <laughs> no, everybody should be a mother for the day. Yeah, come on. <laughs> and uh, we'd love, love, love to hear from you if you're thinking of very special music that you'd like us to play we will see if we can root it out now the show is really really full by the way so we won't be able to get them all in but um, I'm always open to music suggestions so you know you can text WhatsApp at any stage to 0833 96 96 96 but coming up in the programme this morning we have a very special focus I guess on St. Patrick's Day and particularly how it's going to be celebrated with this festival which is currently ongoing here in Cork we'll be having a look at what's happening with the creative tradition and with Cork Community Art Link a little bit later on. Yeah, and I'm looking back in the second part of our series covering, well, over two decades of Frameworks Films, a documentary making company in Cork. And we're looking at the old Sunbeam factory. Uh, that's this week's story. And also we're following the art of Joan Miro. Yes, that is an artist all the way over from Spain. So a little bit of sunshine. One of, favorite artists, oh, one of our favourites as Love. well. Brings yeah. back memories of Barcelona. That's it, that's it. And we have new music from Cork singer-songwriters as well, Laura Mulcahy and Fiona Kennedy, all still to come between now and 10, and more as well. So do hope you can stay with us. We're going to start off, though, uh, with some music from the Irish Chamber Orchestra because, of course, we're celebrating not just Mother's Day, but St. Patrick's Weekend. This comes from a beautiful album called Silver Apples of the Moon. It's called On the Bridge at Plash.
Dr. Jesse Coley is one of the driving forces behind Creative Tradition, which works closely with Music Generation Cork. And they're behind a special, massive trad video project for St. Patrick's Day, which began by connecting trad musicians all over Cork, but actually attracted more from further afield too. Before Jessie described what they've put together, I asked her for a little background to Creative Tradition. Well... What happened was back in 2013, we set up our little community music project. At the time I was studying at UCC, I was getting my PhD in trad music. And at the same time, around a few months earlier, Music Generation had launched in Cork Mm -hmm. City. So they were rolling out uh, community music projects around the city and they really needed help in trad music. So we actually set up Creative Tradition, God, eight years ago now, to kind of support schools and disadvantaged kids trying to learn traditional music. And we've really been growing ever since. We started in one school in 2013, and now we have two club kills, after school programs, and we're in three different schools, Blarney, in Tolker, Fernry and not me. And so that's a real yeah. spread of community, but obviously quite concentrated as well then in what you're able to provide for music learners. Yes, definitely. Like we teach people from all walks of life. We have adult learners in the club kiosk because they're more of a um, community outreach thing. So we have teens and adults and young children in the club kiosk. And then we also love teaching in primary schools. And it's all trad music, so we kind of share resources. And like we might teach the same tunes to like um, you know kids in fourth class, like across the city. We might teach the same set of tunes. So if we ever meet up at a festival or something, we all have the same music, good to go, and we can kind of just hang out with each other and, and play the same same tune with each and other. And isn't that the joy of playing? I mean, I know every musician will spend hours and hours and hours on their own practicing or learning new music, mm. and the joy. Just the pure joy of playing something with other musicians. There is no describing it. It's it's just so special. And it takes you to another level, I think, of consciousness, you know, when you're playing. And to have that spread out for children who all know they'll be able to, to share in this. What a connection for them to have so young in life. It's fantastic. It's mm. a gift for life. It really is. It is. It is. And like, I'm so I'm so lucky that it's it's happened because like I, I've loved the social side of trad music for years and just it was time so perfectly because like Music Generation Cork City was set up to use music as like a tool for social yeah. inclusion. So it's not just about teaching the tunes. It's about bringing people together and like it just lines up so nicely with the trad community. So it's just such a lovely project to be involved with. Well, when community is at the heart of what you do, then it also feeds in, of course, perfectly with the metal sentiment of this year's festival in Cork. And you threw the net out mm. to beyond those who were involved already with your music classes and music groups or with your club kills. You threw it out to everybody to take part either artistically mm. or musically. So what have you been getting people mm. to do for the last while? Well, it's very interesting because like, we picked the tune and it's a lovely, peaceful tune called Island of Woods. And it's so kind of gentle and peaceful that we kind of thought, well, will we have kids record themselves doing a parade and then send their videos in. But because it was kind of based on nature and it's such a lovely, peaceful song, we didn't really want people marching around. Mm. It kind of seemed artificial. So we kind of thought, oh, well, wouldn't it be nice if people were inspired by the air of the tune to do whatever they wanted visually, you know, visually. So we kind of put out the call for young musicians to record themselves and send in the, the audio files. 
But then if they wanted to do a painting or if they were into photography and they wanted to take photos of outdoor scenes that reminded them of the song, we would have that as the visual. So we have kind of two calls out at the moment for the project. And we've gotten art from loads of different schools and sculptures and just all these amazing things that match the tune. It's kind of very creative. The furthest participant was up in Derry. There's wow. a 14-year-old girl up in Derry that sent in her music and art just because, you know, like a lot of the cultist branches are locked down just like everybody else. And, you know, there's actually not that much going online for traditional music. Like there's a lot of hip hop and electronic music going on. But I think some trad musicians are desperate to get something online. So we've had actually a really, really great response to the project and it kind of adds to the diversity. So most of the people are from Cork City, but there are, there was a couple from um, Claire, you know, that's seen it online. So it's lovely to have a group of kids who've never met collaborating on the same track and they can see each other's art and listen to each other, you know, so that's kind of the lovely part of it. And I think as well, the, the piece you've chosen, of course, the Island of Woods is such a beautiful piece. And particularly with the five kilometre limit that we have at the moment, mm. if you're online mm. and scrolling through any different threads of conversations, it's something that comes up time and time and time again. People are pining for woods. They're pining for uh, to be the <laughs> chance by the water. <laughs> yeah. They're pining for, you know, nature. Yeah. And in, in, in how last year the whole country went bananas for growing vegetables and connecting and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It just shows how music and nature and the simple things that connect us are what have got us through, really. So it's such a beautiful, beautiful piece and really echoes the sense of calm that everyone has been searching for. It is, yeah. It's lovely. And it's a newly composed tune. The um, We've actually been in contact with the composer. She's a very famous fiddle player from Chicago. Um, her name is Liz Carroll. She wrote the tune maybe... 15 years ago. Uh, it's on one of her albums and she's just such a great fiddle player. We were kind of inspired by it. And so we've been in touch with her and she she guided us through it and she gave us her good wishes about it. And we'll send her the video when we're done, which is, which is a lovely connection to have, you know. And it is such a peaceful song. Like we picked it almost because like we, we tried to pick a nice accessible song. We didn't want to pick something too daunting or difficult because the young people have to record online and that's, mm. that's hard for them to get their heads around how to record anyway because we do so much live music, you know, so we picked a nice, gentle, peaceful, calm song so they could learn at home and it just suits the mood of the place, you know, it, but it is an uplifting song. So even though it's calm, it's not like not dark or depressing. It, it almost sounds like spring. Oh, it is beautiful. Um, the song itself. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's lovely. And then I like the island part. So like, the woods is peaceful, but like having an island of woods, it's kind of hinting that you're somewhat alone if you're on an island, you know, surrounded by this forest, you know. So it's a very vivid thing to be listening to. So even though it's an island of woods, you never get the sense that you're isolated or completely alone. It's just a lovely type of serene island, you know, and we all we all are in our own little islands, like stuck in our houses. So it's kind of like very fitting to the times. It really, really is. 
Your deadline mm. for submissions was only very recently, so I imagine that in terms of production, mm. it's all <laughs> shoulders to the wheel at the moment, a real metal to get it over the line. Mm. So people will be able to see it on St. Patrick's Day. That's when it's going to be released on the Cork St. Patrick's Festival website and people will be able to see it then. Mm. But I presume they'll be able to share it on social media as well as soon as it's up and ready. Definitely. Yes, definitely. We're still finalising both elements. So like, it was a bit of a tricky projects as well like at first we were going to release the track and then we kind of realized well that's a bit funny online you know for people to sit on a computer and listen you know watch nothing so like it's almost like a double production you know and you know as traditional musicians we're we're not video producers you know it's not something we've done um so we actually have great collaborations going on at the moment so we're working with jj reardon who is an amazing youtube music maker so he's a friend of ours who's helping us with the video and then the track as well. So we're we're finalizing that today, but then we have to link them together so they line up and stuff. So <laughs> there is a bit of mixing stuff <laughs> left to do. But lucky enough, just Music Generation Cork City have been so brilliant. Like there are just a team of musicians here. So it's not just the trad team. And there's actually four or five tutors on the trad team helping young people record. But it's not just us trad musicians working on our own. We're linking in with... Gary McCarthy in the cabin and GMC Beats to get help with recording and we're linking with JJ and we're linking in with the with the music generation office and it's like it's just so rewarding because it's everyone's helping the project otherwise the trad tutors probably wouldn't have been able to help the kids do it you know amazing so it's all positive it's all positive yeah. but you know when you hear it described there mm. and you actually think about the logistics of doing something like this from submissions from all over the country, children who have probably never tried something like this before, teenagers who maybe are used to recording themselves, but they've never been involved in a project like this. And the incredible team of professionals who are all behind it as well. I'm really, really looking forward Mm -hmm. to hearing it. We're going to let people hear a little bit of Liz Carroll's tune now, but only as a little taster so that we want them to go searching this out on St. Patrick's Day and celebrate the joy of the fruits of everybody's labour having put something like this Mm. together in honour of the occasion. So, Jesse Cawley, thank you so much. Lovely. Thank you for having me. a really beautiful piece. That is the sound there of Liz Carroll and Paul Meehan playing the track The Island of Woods and I really can't wait to see what all of the young musicians 
gathered together by Creative Tradition have put together. And in fact, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Creative Tradition, Jesse and I had actually a much longer conversation, which I'll upload to the podcast page later on this afternoon. So if you have a trad musician in your house, if you were perhaps interested in getting involved in traditional music, maybe you'd like to learn an instrument yourself and join one of the club curls. Well, I'll put all the details up on our podcast page later on this afternoon. And don't forget now to watch out for that on St. Patrick's Day. And there is a special uh, festival website for Cork for St. Patrick's Day. I mean, I know there's a big national event happening and I know television is going to be full of so many uh, parades and virtual concerts and everything like that. But we do have a very, very special website here in Cork, CorkStPatrickFestival.ie and you'll find everything everything on that. In fact, it's live now with loads of different activities for the children and how to prepare masks and costumes and puppets and everything is all up there. So it's well worth checking out and uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Laura Mulcahy is a Cork musician now based in Clare and this year she was invited to write music for a film telling the true sad story of the death of a 16-year-old called Lucy Sands. Laura wrote a ballad for the soundtrack to the film and the song was released this month. She spoke to me about it and the background to the film as well. But before we could explore the story and the modern parallels in the tale of Lucy Sands, I noted that Laura has been specially commissioned to create a piece for St. Patrick's Day by Clare County Council. So I asked her how that all came about. By the power of radio, Elmarie, the Irish language officer, who would obviously be consumed with all things Irish anyway for Clare County Council, was listening to On Tales Tuhal, which is a great show on Radio Novelthus a couple of months ago. And I had just put out the ballad of Lucy Sands. And he was so taken with it that he managed to procure my email. And I got this lovely letter saying that he felt it was very like the work of Virginia Astley, but also he felt that it was, you know, comparable even to Gorecki's Symphony of Sorrowful Songs. I mean, so those are comparisons really not to be sniffed at, but he said it inspired him to ask me, could he commission an online piece? Because obviously we can't do live performance at the moment. So I got out my paintbrush because I like something that, all-encompassing and works on many, many levels. So I painted a backdrop in my own studio to be able to film within it. So that's it. And that will be coming out for La Fela Patrick. It looks amazing, the photographs and and the stills that you've shown for it so far. Uh, The colours are incredible, but your costume is... I can't describe it. People (laughs) actually have to see it. So where where will people be able to see... People will be able to see that on the Clare County Council YouTube, but I also own the video, so I will eventually upload that to my own YouTube as well. Tell us so about the Ballad of Lucy Sands, because I'm I'm learning a lot this week about various women or figures about whom I hadn't heard anything before. And this story, obviously, very few people will have heard about it down, down here. So how did you hear about the story? And Where has this film come out of and how did your involvement happen? Well, again, it's a radio thing. The man who has written and directed this film, by the way, it's not out now at the moment because of COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, they're still working on it. 
the restrictions have really held things up. But anyway, this man called Steve Baldwin used to play my music on his radio show over in England. So, you know, you'd be friends on Facebook with people who play your music because, like, you always want to put out a thank you and all that stuff when people play your work on their shows. And I'm certainly very grateful for all that, too. But one day, didn't I see that he had started a page called The Ballad of Lucy Sands, a movie So I had a look at it and I thought, oh my God, he has written this film and he's directing it. And I said to myself, well, I'll be a good friend now and I'll just share his page for him. Because, I mean, art needs to be supported and I would tend to share a lot of art-based stuff on my Facebook to just help people out. I mean, these are all small businesses that are trying to grow and I think they're fantastic businesses, you know. So I gave it a share and the next thing... He got on to me to thank me for sharing the page. And then he just said to me, look, would you think of writing something for the soundtrack? And I said, OK. I mean, he may as well have said, would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> I didn't really think about it. Yeah. I just said, sure, I'll have a go at that. Like, And so I did. And that was really now it was I suppose it happened organically is the word I would use. And now the song is out there and it has been received really well, so I'm delighted. But recently I was thinking that it's such a relevant song because of the story of the film. Lucy Sands was originally from Northern Ireland and both her parents died. So they were orphans and Lucy ended up leaving Ireland and going down to the Cornish coast to live with her grandmother. And on December 1st, 1881, she was coming home from having been out with friends and she just disappeared. And she was missing for a whole long time. Her birthday passed in 1882 and that was on February 14th, 1882. She was 16 years of age. And then on the 1st of March, 1882, she was found buried in a pile of rocks. So, you know, you sit back and you think about things And you just say to yourself, my goodness, that lady Sarah Everard has just been found. And I really feel in the past 140 years, we should be asking the question, what has changed for women? So I do feel the song is really, really relevant right now. In fact, you have said, Laura, everything I had hoped you would actually touch on there, you know, because I, I think all of us and Twitter has been alive with various hashtags and it's funny, isn't it, how people reach out on social media and connect on social media and try and... uh... I know, and people say, you know, that social media is so destructive and social media is a bad place and it's toxic. But I actually think for the ordinary, everyday person, it gives you a voice Mm -hmm. to express what's going on. I couldn't tell you the, the messages I get. I get messages telling me to just go and kill myself because my music is so bad. I don't think anybody should have to be in the position just because their job is public to receive those kinds of messages. So it's a really, really serious issue. And I do feel that men don't get this kind of thing as much as women. Well, the conversation Um, that's happened online this week has been really interesting, I think, to see mm, how many fantastic brothers, dads, husbands, friends there are out there who are dismayed at the experience that's being shared online. And I I am dismayed at your experience online. Oh, look, I mean, this is standard, though, you see. That's it, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that I would say about it, it's completely standard. I feel 
every woman puts up with it. I have an 18-year-old daughter. She went out down the road here for a walk, you know, trying to keep a bit fit during the pandemic. And some fella shouting out the window of a van at her. I know. And it's normal, you see. So yeah, It's completely so normal. We, we adapt to it. And, and the thing is, though, when mm. I follow people like you, mm. your music is always telling us something important. I try to get it all in there. <laughs> well, well, you do. You do. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. But to see, I suppose, the parallels between Lucy Sands' story from how many yeah. years ago? A hundred and... 140 years 140 ago. years yeah. ago. And just to yeah. see the more things change, the more they stay yeah. the same. They stay the same. And unfortunately, I can say that I have only ever had one message from a woman flagging me off for the music or for my physical appearance or for whatever. So we certainly need to change. And I think social media has been really good in the last week in getting the message out that there needs to be a change. And social media has also been good for reaching out to artists and songwriters, whether or not they're singing about particular issues or, as in this case, retelling a true story. But also this last year has been, from my experience, Laura, mostly a fantastically positive and uplifting one where people are sharing and encouraging each other for the most part, you know, and those voices are the loudest, thank God. And I think as well that people have realised the value of art and that art doesn't come for free. So around the beginning of September, I put out a song about the Irish famine. But August, I wanted to record it and I hadn't a penny, you know. Mm because sure, we've had no gigs, we've had nothing. Mm-hmm. So I just set up a GoFundMe and I, I put a, a picture on it saying, support living artists, the dead ones don't need it. <laughs> well, that's true. And in fact, um, that particular song about the famine, the video yeah, for that is heartbreaking yeah, because it, it holds um, a mirror up to all of us right now. But anyway, the song, I just said, look, I want to raise a thousand euro to record this song. I swear it. I raised the money in seven hours. That's that would not happen in normal times. Yeah. It's because people have realised how important it is to have music and to have art and to have culture. And it doesn't come for free. So people are willing to, you know, kind of put the hand in the pocket at the moment to just help you out because they get all the benefit of it. I mean, how would anyone have survived this last year without art and culture and things being streamed online? And sure, isn't it wonderful that artists are being commissioned? It is. <laughs> and for you right now, in the immediate term, the fact that Clare County Council have commissioned you for St. Yeah, Patrick's Day is yeah. wonderful. I, I can't say uh, the, the, I suppose the story, the story of the song is heartbreaking, but I am really, really it pleased is, yeah. to share your music. And this oh, film, thank you so much. This film about Lucy Sands will be available at some stage later when in the year. Available, yeah, we have to we have to just see when that's going to happen. But I mean, I'll be wearing the alien outfit for the premiere <laughs> <laughs> for when I walk the red carpet. I wasn't going to talk about the alien outfit, Laura. <laughs> I was going to let people discover it, but there you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> Listen, it has been really lovely talking to you for the first time. Hopefully, not the last. Thank you so um, much. Seeing as I've been chasing you around on Twitter and Facebook with a while now, it's lovely <laughs> to connect. Thank you so much, Elle Marie. Thanks, Laura.
songs bloom and fade away Some before their time Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Thanks a million, Jess. It's Jess Lean in the newsroom. Now then, Connor, I think you said you were kind of going to skip over the front pages of the papers today yeah. and uh, take a look and see is there anything 
Happier insight. Yes, indeed. Well, the front pages of the papers have already been covered by the news. You know, the Veradker story on the front page of the Sunday Times. It's also on the front page of the Sunday Independent. The Business Post talks about uh, the Davies situation as well and antigen testing being rolled out in certain work- workplaces. But they're the main stories on the front pages. So going inside, I'm having a look around to see if there's anything that might help us cheer ourselves up a little bit this week. Anything happening on St. Patrick's Day, for instance? And in page 64 of the Independent, that's as far as you have to get before you get away from news to previews and in this case it's no parade but loads of pizzazz and uh, there's plenty of ideas for what to do on Wednesdays when a couple of things that caught my eye is uh, under the heading of other festivals Culture Ireland's five day online global shindig Shoda launches on the 17th of March featuring more than 100 Irish artists from the Druid, the Abbey, Rough Magic and many more that's cultureireland.ie and also so if you wanted to have a look at the St. Patrick's Festival.ie webpage, you can look at their TV, which is SPV, St. Patrick's, I suppose, Festival TV, SPV t- TV, and that will replay every event until the 21st of March. And one thing that caught my eye there is a four-day program called Aber, and it's being curated by Moctra Yates, and it's storytelling with Jerry O'Reilly, Nelly Cronon, Dermot Bulger, and many more as well. Um, another thing that caught my eye also in the independent was in the culture section at the end there's a special in the life magazine there's a special uh, feature on art in the streets around ireland and three of the seven artists that have been featured are on the streets of cork it's called the urban masters or where the streets have no frames and the three that were featured in cork is one that's near the mercy hospital by germs early james early another one by a guy called aches and it's called on puck cork it's a lovely piece of a, a hurler in action i you love ex- that one you can see it it's like three it's shots put together in three different colors it's one of the most instagrammy pages or photos now i think actually so if cork, you can yeah. find on puck that means you've gone for a good walk and you yeah. found it it's taking up the whole side of the gable end of a wall and then finally Deirdre breen's piece on wandsford key uh, the mural there in, mm-hmm. in the city as well. But there's more than just what came out of Ardu. There's plenty of stuff to be found around the county, like in McCroom, in Mill Street, you can find the works of Cormac Shield and Dennis Reardon as well. And they're, they're constantly, constantly working on walls all over the county. So there's plenty to go out and do and see. You're not just stuck in online on St. Patrick's Day. Well, if you want to stay online, Cork City Council, of course, have a fantastic feb- a festival website. If you simply input Cork St. Patrick's Festival dot IE. Mm. It'll bring you to the page. For example, it shows you photographs of all of the buildings in Cork that are being lit up green over the course of the festival. And of course, right now you can also go online and see video workshops on how to make your own little parade and how to do recordings at home and make puppets at home and all sorts of things. So do, of course, check it out. It's funny, you know, looking at dates. Today is Mother's Day and we'll be playing something for mums a little bit later on and we're talking about St. Patrick's Festival. But This week last year was the first kind of program where we addressed the fact that there was a a pandemic happening. And we were here in Ireland. We'd only just been sent home for our two weeks lockdown as such. And we were watching the news over in Italy and over in Europe and where, I suppose, lockdowns and the, the waves had happened first. And that's where we saw the first examples. And this weekend was when our news started carrying the first examples of people singing across the courtyards of their apartments to each other. <laughs> that was a year ago this weekend. And in the middle of them all was Eilish Kranich. <laughs> 
This is her playing in her courtyard with her neighbours in Turin in Italy. Allora. Come on, you're the last. Ah, the south wind. 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 The Oh, and there's all the neighbours standing around uh, their own little balconies giving her the boulevard afterwards. So well done to Eilish Cranich kicking it off for the Irish in Italy this weekend last year. This week's Work of the Week from the Crawford Art Gallery is by a particular favourite of ours, Catalan artist Joan Miro. It's a simple piece called Figure Walking. And to walk me through this week's Work of the Week is Assistant Curator from the Crawford Art Gallery, Michael Waldron. Michael, 
our artist of the week and our work of the week, but particularly the artist that we're looking at this week is a particular favourite of both mine and of Elmarie's, and it dates back to a visit to Barcelona many years ago. So we're talking about Joan Miro. When you look at the works of Miro, it's instantly recognisable. I suppose the hallmarks of his style, first of all, would be his colours. I think you're right there, yeah. So he often uses very, very bright colours, primary colours of red, yellow and blue. In this case, we have the addition of a secondary colour with green and then some bold use of black outline. But I think you're right, colour is so important to his, his work. Even as far back as the 1920s, really that gives his work its character. So the colour and then the forms as well. His early work has kind of very spidery, very thin lines going across canvases and then he gets maybe a little bit bolder as as he gets older. You mentioned the word character. In a funny way, what we're looking at is a little character because it's called figure walking. It's kind of like a modernist cartoon character. You can almost imagine it walking. It does feel like an, a sort of an animated figure. We're curious about who the figure is and, and what they might be up to. There's a little bit of joy, I think, yeah. in, in looking at the figure. brings a smile But what's interesting, I suppose, is that what we have in actual fact is a series of bold, black, thick black outlines. So if we can imagine sort of an upside down U shape to make the the form of the body. And then there's a sort of a grid painted within that shape. Within each box in the grid is coloured a different colour, so green or red or blue, so like a patchwork of a body. And then the head itself, if if that's what we're calling it, is sort of like, I don't know, it's like a gondola on top of of the body. (laughs) If you think of like a sort of a crescent shape with circles for eyes. And then a sort of another melon shape or, you know, a sort of a, a crescent on top that. The eyes are very kind of insect-like as well, you know, big roundy things bulging out of the head. You're talking about the half moony shape thing on top of the head. Some people would argue that it's a hat and that, in fact, it's a particular type of hat that would be associated, or cap, I should say, that would be associated with the Catalan region. Yeah, so I think in other works that are more identified as Catalan peasant, you see this motif recurring. Usually it's red in colour, like a beret, but in, in Catalan it's the balatina. This would be synonymous with Catalan identity. It's a statement. There are two things I think Miro was interested in doing. One was to disrupt traditional painting. <laughs> you achieve that anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and the other, I suppose, was to reflect and maybe promote Catalan identity at a time, you know, if we think of Franco's Spain yeah. and the kind of suppression of different identities across Spain, whether it was Catalan or Basque, this is his way of expressing something visually, which is abstract. So you can't really say for sure, but, you know, if you recognize it, then that's the power of it. He portrayed in a very abstract form the lives of the peasant. And in fact, You actually say in your article this week that one of his pieces was actually called Catalan Peasant in Revolt. Many artists and literary figures and politically minded people were deeply suspicious of the changes that were happening in 1930s Europe 
you know, ahead of the Second World War. And and so that particular mural, which was a, over five metres tall, huge, wow. it was installed in the Spanish Pavilion at the Paris International Exhibition in 1937. Just before the Second World War, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Also, as the Spanish Civil War was in in people's minds. Yes. He has this Catalan peasant in revolt and in the same pavilion Picasso has Guernica. So you've a huge statement yeah. against conflict and about identity. Yeah. Yeah. Big stuff. In a funny way, what you've actually done is you've, you've taken this work. I suppose you've given our little creature some new friends to live with because you've taken the, the Catalan pursuit of independence and you've aligned it with the Irish pursuit of independence. Terence McSweeney, when he died, some months after his death, there was a lot of stuff published that recognised the common ground, the common pursuit both Ireland and Catalonia had for independence. It's really right, and you know, my colleague Don Williams has done amazing work in drawing this out in our exhibition, Citizen Nowhere, Citizen Somewhere, The Imagined Nation, and this particular work is is displayed in that exhibition. But in late 1920, Ramon Negre y published a book called Irlanda, El Battle de Cork y Catalonia. <laughs> Please excuse my Catalan. <laughs> um, but this idea that Ireland's Cork itself and Catalonia could have this shared or mirrored experience of trying to establish an independent state. Yeah. And I suppose Terence McSweeney, the international response to his hunger strike was huge. And he was honoured at the time, but also afterwards. And most recently in, in 2016, the Catalan National Assembly honoured him in the presence of his grandson, Cahal McSweeney Brewer. My God, I never knew that. That's extraordinary. And funnily enough, I suppose the struggle still continues for independence in, in Spain among the regions. It stirred up an awful lot of emotions. And that story is a continuing story. Something just I'd love to finish on, it's just something that I've noticed. When you look at the colours and Sometimes if you go to Spain on your holidays or you get a, a brochure, you know, or you go into the Spanish tourist office or whatever it is, you see, you know, the logo for Spain, España, right? And you look at the colours of it and you cannot but help but notice that there's a lot of comparison between the colour palette used by Miro and the colour design. The logo for Spain <laughs> is very, very similar. <laughs> I think you're really right there. It's really some great marketing. <laughs> it's this such a very modern, creative, very recognisable image, right? Even Ernest Hemingway said of Miro's work that it at once transported you to the feeling of being in Spain, but also the feeling you had when you weren't in Spain. Okay. And so in a way, I know a lot of us listening now, I know a lot of us listening would be going, oh, I miss the holidays. I miss going over to Spain. I miss even the Canary Islands. And there's something similar has happened there where artists have come out of Lanzarote and done similar paintings of peasants in modern art. But that whole colourful, modernist Spanish painting movement is very bright, very vibrant, very active. 
and still very alive and great to look at and immediately it just transports me back to a time when we did visit Barcelona about 15 years ago and got to see the whole works of Joan Miro. So if you want to see it yourself, you can only see it online. It's part of the Citizen Nowhere, Citizen Somewhere and the Imagined Nation exhibition, which is running virtually in the Crawford Art Gallery until the 5th of April. And my thanks to you and to everybody who's been working on this exhibition. I'm also grateful that you included Miro as one of the exhibitors in this fine, fine piece that celebrates our own history and I suppose a form of independence in this country. <laughs> well, thank you for, for giving us an opportunity to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I encourage everyone to go visit the exhibition and have a look around for themselves. In the meantime, thanks again, Michael, for your insight this week. Thanks a million, Connor. FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Griffin's new chipping potatoes are specially grown to make the perfect homemade chip. Fluffy inside and crunchy outside. Now in store. And you're very welcome back to the programme. And seeing as we're in a little bit of a gallery groove at the moment, don't forget that the Glocksman Gallery always have that fantastic Creativity at Home series. Everything they've been doing since lockdown began last year is up online. But also they have a fantastic series of events and activities you can do for St. Patrick's Day at home with the entire family. So well done to them. Siobhan MacDonald is artist-in-resident at the School of Natural Sciences, Trinity College, Dublin, working with world-leading research facilities such as the European Space to explore ecological concerns. Across research labs, she pursues knowledge to ask questions about the structure and history of the Earth and the recent consequences of our treatment of nature. In 2020, she was selected to work with European cultural institutions such as Beaux-Arts, Centre for Fine Arts Brussels, on a new project about environmental change. The commissioned artworks will be presented at the Serpentine Gallery London and Ars Electronica Austria in 2022. Right now she has an exhibition in Illen, the West Cork Arts Centre in Skibbereen. Naturally, at the moment, it's a virtual exhibition and it's available to view on the website. The exhibition is entitled Traces of Air and includes works from paintings on wood to film work, installation pieces and more. The website shows the pieces so well and as you click on each photograph, you get more information about the background to each work and the thread of connection Siobhan MacDonald was creating. There's also a video walkthrough of the exhibition as well, which was filmed on the most stunningly beautiful day. So you can see the pieces on the walls and the sunlight as it streams through the floor-to-ceiling windows of the upper gallery. It really made us long for the day when we can have a trip west again, visit the gallery and go for lunch in the fabulous Courtyard Café. Right now, visiting the gallery online is the best that we can do. So check it out at westcorkartcentre.com. Incidentally, they're also celebrating hashtag Skibbereen Virtual St. Patrick's Day, inviting the local community to participate in a programme of online, family-friendly arts activities, continuing with last year's theme of Irish folklore and fairies. Working with Illen and Skibbereen Chamber of Commerce, artist Anna Ospina and designers Alice Halliday and Michael Stevens have been developing the project to culminate in a virtual parade and broadcast to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Skibbereen on the 17th of March. 
and includes the costumes and props created during last year's workshops. PDF instructions for lots of their crafts are still available on the website. Kulkurim as Shapeel Nave Lucas Igorkig. Agasimask Nanina Avegaranglor Beg McFlannery, Jimmy Crowley, Nelly Cronin, Agasimbana Kul, The Unwanted. Agasalklar Dasig La Hurtarishane, Fresh and Lemarate Nivainig, Agas Reint Denakul Torius Far Satir, Lechul Noachumha, Lawn de Rohus, Inigan Blianu Fosakata Katigring. Agas Rivishin Darno, a Kahru Kunahot, Toskanon, Unruv on Camino, the Camino Voyage, Le Feshkinterish, Shacht Mlinohin, Hugnakul Tori, Glen Hansard, Brandon of Eglig, Antalian Thor, Liam Holden, Komalish and Serklehe, Brandon of Erhertig, Agas and Phila Donal Maxihig, Aig Eron Camino, Tros Farga, Ga Vila, Hui Kate Kilameder, As Eron Gatushkert in the Spina, Rilishid and Tros Daruilsha, Inne Vogue, Bod Tradishunta, a hog shield lena lava fame. Dear of the Inisoha, when we does our mouse, food family head of us, and the stolen cashes in the Vegot. It's like that shackle to that. Many long months of darkness at sea. Complete failure possible. Glory if we return. So, you know, how can you say no to that? Well, Donal O'Hailacher as Ma Crumha a Yenan Scanon, Agus Vuxi a Doshna er Fudden Dowen than Clor, Mullum Gahard a Sushin a Kahru, Conahocht, Eha Fela Padrig. Achinish, 
Tá sé beagnach an éachlag, sa tá an nochtig teacht galua, agus rivishin píosa o Mick Flannery, a dastrig séile haig seacht an agoilge cúplaflín o hin, nochtan an lei a moirach. Oh, 